Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vince and Najee chat with Arnold Glick, Integrated Marketing Manager at The Farmer's Dog. He discusses why it's important to be passionate about what you're marketing, as well as the benefits of working at a smaller agency or brand. He also offers up the backstory for the name, The Farmer's Dog. AJ finds a place to swim, and Vincent finds a fraternity brother. Give it a listen. One. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Vincent Petrofessa with Starista. It must mean one thing, that it's the marketing stir. We're here, another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for also watching now that we are putting our videos up on YouTube because you requested it. You wanted to see us smiling and us happy and our facial expressions. That's the feedback we got. Some of it was weird, but it's okay. We're here. All good. What else? What also is good is my co-host. He's great. Let's face it. You know, I love the guy. He is our CEO, my commander in chief of Starista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on? Hey, Vincent. Uh, you seem especially cheerful today, which is a lot to say we- about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Normally, I'm like at like an eight. I'm at a ten because I just I found out even more information of why I like this next. Uh, you know, our next guest. Yeah, I believe it's going to be another first for the uh, podcast here. I think so. It is another first, you know. Uh, But what have you been up to? Before we get that, let's build the suspense, AJ, for the the people (laughs) listening. What have you been up to? You're you're exceptionally happy today. This is is a great day, apparently. Uh, Yeah, we bought a new house last week, which uh, comes with a swimming pool. So Oh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. Swapping houses uh, since the uh, swimming pool time period was really long. So we managed to get one with a pool near the school. So. That's uh, yeah, pool. That's I, I already think the episode of this is going to be called, uh, you know, pool near the school. <laughs> I, uh, I like that. I see our producer. I could hear our producers thinking about that. But you need a pool in uh, in San Antonio. It is ridiculously hot. You need like something. Yep, I agree. Well, that's awesome. Well, good, good stuff. Uh, also, let's talk about a new acquisition, a new company that's joining. I saw that released today on LinkedIn. Tell the people about that, AJ. Yeah, we just acquired uh, Nikaza, which was a brainchild of Manu, who was head of products at Newstar before. And uh, essentially, it's a tracking and attribution play where we're able to help uh, traditional retailers or anybody with a store location really uh, track who's coming to their site, uh, which kind of adds to our VIG product, which was meant for websites. And now we're able to kind of complete the full loop, whether you're uh, walking into a store or stumbling on a website, being able to help uh, identify who that is and also provide full set of insights and execution against that. So pretty, pretty exciting. I think it uh, adds a dimension to the company we didn't have before. Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of marketers out there, a lot of, especially people in the e-commerce there, you know, they need 
a lot of help right now in a lot of ways. So this is, uh, we want to help fuel those and we want all of our businesses to come back and to be stronger. And I think there's some tools out there that companies will now need. And I'm glad we're able to provide that. But enough about the happy day we're having. Let's continue with this happiness. Let me introduce this guest. There's a variety of reasons why I like him. Because uh, he's a young man and he's doing great things in this marketing industry here. He also is at an awesome company right now, The Farmer's Dog. You might have heard about it. We're going to talk about it. But he's also been at Goldman Sachs. He's been at HBO. And I have discovered he lives in New York as well as I do. And I have discovered that he is a fraternity brother of mine at another school, but same fraternity, a large national fraternity called Sigma Phi Epsilon. I love it. Please welcome the integrated marketing manager from the farmer's dog, Arnold Glick. What's going on, Arnold? Hello, not much. Thank you so much for uh, having me and for the uh, incredible introduction. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it was easy. I I try (laughs) to make every introduction I give special, but this was extra special for me. Thank you for joining us. You are back home in uh, Brooklyn. You were with the in-laws in uh, Atlanta, Georgia area. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was on the Georgia near the beach, which is very nice, but it's very, very good to be back home here in New York in Brooklyn. Yep. I felt the same way when I was in Pennsylvania. I had nature around me, but I also had my in-laws around me. (laughs) So I couldn't wait to get back home. You know, they're okay. Ah, They don't listen to the podcast. But anyway, um, it's great to have you, Arnold. For those of you who don't, uh, you know, know about the farmer's dog, let's talk about that right away. I'd love to learn more about the company there. Sure. Yeah. So the farmer's dog is a Uh, direct-to-consumer, healthy, fresh pet food product. So we deliver fresh um, dog food uh, to people's doors that's personalized to their dogs, um, personalized to their schedule as well. And based in Brooklyn, uh, sorry, not in Brooklyn, started in Brooklyn. Um, Now we have offices when we were going to the office in New York, uh, in the West Village area. And then we also have um, a team in Nashville as well. That's awesome. And then just, we always love to talk about how you got into the marketing industry. You have a, you have a great story. You've accomplished so much uh, in, in, you know, not so many years out of college and, and, you know, just at some cool companies. So talk to us about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, I actually studied marketing in school um, at NYU. Um, and I think that's a rarity, right? Someone who studied marketing actually <laughs> go into marketing. Um, but I think I just got enamored in college with the storytelling aspect of marketing. Um, just how can you get a message, a story across in 15, 30 seconds um, and really convince someone or persuade someone of a new product or a new idea that you're selling? Um, I, I studied marketing and then I, my first job was in digital media buying at a company called Essence Digital, um, which is now part of Group M. Um, and that was a very eye-opening experience from the digital media side. I think that's a lot of the backbone of what I do now. And it's really important to have that. I still lean on that today in terms of understanding placements, understanding, um, you know, how buys are structured, especially in the digital. Um, from there, as you mentioned to HBO, um, worked on the more creative side, um, working on HBO now on HBO Go and then Goldman Sachs. Uh, after that, 
launching Marcus, their online lender, again, working more on the creative side um, with issues and now with PharmaSog. So yeah, I mean, a lot of, um, you know, I, I think I would have probably preferred to stay at a couple of places longer and not jump around so much. And, um, but each time I learned so much, so I have no regrets, obviously, and very happy at the farmer's dog now and learned a lot uh, at each step. And Arnold, where does the uh, cool name come from? Is there a backstory there? The farmer's dog? Um, yeah, so from what I've been um, talking with co-founders, how they explain it, it's kind of the, um, the perfect relationship between a human and a dog. It goes back to when they were the farmer's dog. There was a working dog that worked alongside humans. Um, they're a key, not just a pet, but a real part of um, the family. And it also hints back to um, a time before kibble, right? Before like what is known as dog food now. Um, they were fed the scraps from the table or from the field and they ate fresh, healthy diets and they were working, they were exercising, running outside, um, which is a far cry, of, I think, from a lot of our dogs now. But it's, it's, it's really kind of goes back to that uh, beautiful relationship between human and dog, the farmer's dog. Gotcha. And was there a special connection you had with animals that made you come to this job versus uh, Goldman Sachs where you were before? Yeah, I think that's a, it's really important to have a passion behind what you're marketing. Um, you know, I think some people can maybe just conjure up that passion or make it up, but I think it's really important to have a, a, a belief and, and, and real understanding of what you're selling. Um, I've always had dogs in my life. I have two dogs now. And um, yeah, there's a, a nice connection there um, between uh, dogs and my love for dogs and then my love for marketing. So I think that was really important. And Arnold, what has been, you know, you mentioned HBO that you worked mm -hmm. at, you know, that it pops in my head. I love HBO. I, I watched it all the time. What was that experience like there? What were you, you mentioned you were working on uh, HBO Now and HBO Go? Yeah. So, when I uh, switched over to HBO, um, they were just in the uh, planning on launching HBO Now. By then, it, we didn't have a name for it. It was just going to be HBO, whatever HBO, whatever it was going to be. Um, and a lot of that was working with, um, A, getting the name right, um, but also working on how we were going to market it and uh, launch it to mass media. And how do we explain what this product is um, and a lot of the different features of it? So we worked, uh, I was on a small brand marketing team there, about four of us. Um, we obviously worked with a lot of other teams uh, within HBO, but we also worked with um, production companies to create TV commercials. We did some partnerships with other brands. Um, and yeah, just, just explaining what this is, who we are and what it's about. It's cool. And, and what specifically are you working on at Farmer's Dog? So... I'm on the brand marketing team here as integrated marketing manager, you said, and that really is bridging the gap between the brand marketing team and the growth marketing team and making sure there's a consistent message going out across all the different channels. So we utilize a lot of different marketing channels all the way from very mass media, such as uh, TV ads, national TV ads. Um, back when people were outside, we were doing billboards and <laughs> subway ads yep. and stuff like that, and all the way down to direct mail and email marketing and making sure that there is consistent messaging across the board. And um, we just launched a new TV ad um, last week. Uh, so very happy about that. And uh, it's kind of an evolution of our, our from our past TV ads and making sure that 
you know, when we launch on TV, that there's also consistency, that new message will, you'll see it on our Facebook ads or Instagram ads um, and so forth. And Arnold, are there specific marketing tools that you currently use or that you have used that you love and couldn't live without? Yeah, there's a couple I've been introduced to here um, at the Farmer's Dog that I, that I love. Um, one is called Binder. So it's a digital asset manager, which has been really helpful in terms of just, you know, as, as something as, as part of making sure there's consistent messaging is making sure that all the assets are approved and that everyone has the same ones, access to the same ones. You're not using old versions. You're not using, you know, we switched our logo in January. So we have a lot of old assets with old logos and making sure that those are archived and people can't grab those. Um, I would say another one that I've really enjoyed using is, um, there's obviously a bunch, Clubhouse, right? And like, uh, I think a lot of people use that, but has been really helpful in terms of working with our in-house creative team and setting up tickets and making sure that, that all that information is held in one place, setting due dates, um, really helpful in project management, which is a lot of what I do as well. Gotcha. And what does your uh, typical client or audience uh, looks like that you're going after? Yeah, so it's it's kind of, it's great. So when I was at Marcus at Goldman Sachs, it was pretty specific. They have a certain credit score. You know, there was a lot of, of that kind of layering that we use a lot in our um, targeting when it comes to media buying. The kind of fun thing at the Farmer's Dog is it's, it's like dog owners and that's half of America. And, uh, you know, we don't have any targeting in terms of small dogs or big dogs, not like you can even get that information, but it, we go pretty broad, which is exciting. And we can test a lot of different markets and we can see, you know, what kind of interests uh, may be aligned with dog ownership. Um, but we do tend to see like people that are healthy themselves care about their dogs having healthy food and there's some kind of stuff like that. But generally, like I think is why we've been going into more mass marketing is that it's a lot of people have dogs and especially during the pandemic, more and more people are getting dogs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, a lot of people out there looking for, you know, people are uh, could, you know, lonely, you know, at home, you know, you, yep. you get a dog. It's, uh, and I would imagine a lot of people, you're probably getting some free publicity because a lot of people probably just love posting pictures of their dogs. I, I, I don't have a, a yeah. dog. I do love animals. I want to make it known out there before I start getting <laughs> emails that I don't like dogs and I hate animals, you know, but uh, people are probably sending that uh, you know, tagging the farmer's dog with, with posts on uh, Instagram and Facebook. You noticing that? Yeah, absolutely. So we get a lot of, um, you know, like the unboxing experience, you get your box of food and people are kind of showing, look what I just got for my dog or opening it up. Our packs have the dog's name on them. So that's a big, people love that, that personalized aspect. Right? This is, you know, Fido's uh, pack of food. They love sharing that. We also saw um, with our subway ads when they're up, we have um, ads that were saying like long live dogs and a great picture of a dog and our uh, bowl of food and people were just posting that. Um, so it's like, you know, free press right there. And a lot of people love posting that. That's, that's a great thing. That was also a difference. We were having a lot of people posting about their uh, personal loans at Goldman Sachs. So <laughs> it's nice to have this more organic kind of social content, um, which really creates a movement. And I think word of mouth is so important here. Um, where do you get that information when it comes to your dog's health? Do you trust your friends and family? And if people are posting about it, we encourage that. We'll repost some of our favorite posts on Instagram. Um, we are very involved and we are watching and tracking a lot of what people are putting out there. 
That's awesome. I do remember the subway ads here in New York. Those yeah. were those were cool, which kind of, you know, I think was an initial reason. I was like, I see those all over. Let's reach out to the farmer's dog mm -hmm. and, and Arnold there. So with that, the, uh, you know, talk to, to me about the, you were saying like the personalization of the dog, like where you could uh, kind of understand their diet. Yeah, and you kind of yeah, customize yeah. a plan. I know we're getting a little nitty gritty into the product here, but you know, talk sure. to me about how you guys are able to customize that for. Um, yeah, so when you go to the site to sign up, um, you're taking through a questionnaire where you're putting in your dog's information, such as their age, their breed, their activity, activity level, their weight, what their desired weight, if they're overweight, underweight, um, and we have an algorithm there to really calculate the calories, how many calories they should have, and you can also put in. You know, if they have any allergies to certain foods, we'll obviously flag that certain recipes have those. You won't want to feed those. Um, so then it's, it's really helpful. Um, it's, we're seeing a lot of customers writing in and telling us that this has been really helpful for their dog that was overweight. So there is 56% of dogs are overweight in the U.S. Um, it's, but a lot of dogs are overweight and the feeding guides on the kibbles are pretty wide. So they tell you, okay, your dog is between a 20 pound weight and you should give it to a cup or a cup and a half of, of the food. That's actually a pretty big range. Um, and a 20 pound difference in a dog is, is massive. Um, and so we are helping people understand more of what they, how much they really should be. And taking the guesswork out, the packs that you get sent say half pack a day or a full pack a day and it makes it really clear and it keeps their calorie intake exactly what it should be. It factors in their activity level. So those on the back of the bags of kibble, they're not saying if it's a very active dog, it obviously needs more calories versus an older dog. Um, so it's just a little more accurate there and it goes a long way in keeping a dog healthy, getting, make sure that the right weight, it prevents arthritis and a host of other issues. So it's uh, more than just the fresh food. Obviously it's a big part of it, but it's also a, a big uh, thing is portion control. In our, I'm guessing almost all the businesses direct to consumer. Yes, yes, we have uh, no retail; it's all online. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, how do you kind of see the uh, retail space uh, changing? Do you see a greater number of people going directly to brands, uh, or do you see a place for the pet smarts of the world? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So, you know, I think we've been fortunate. You know, there's not a lot of good things happened this year, but with the pandemic, people are not having retail, not going to retail. So we've been fortunate to see people wanting this D2C product um, for their dog food. And we're hopeful that we'll see the convenience aspect of it. You know, lugging around a big bag of dog food is not fun. So we're hoping to see the convenience aspect of this D2C work. I think um, retail will always be important. Um, there's certain things that you'll want to touch and feel and see and before you just get sent to you. Um, there's also a big um, aspect of like, especially, you know, before the pandemic, last summer we did a booth at Smorgasburg here in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And we had, and it's dog friendly and we had thousands of people come and we had a booth and we had samples. Um, we had a lot of people coming up to us oh, I've seen your ads, I've seen Subway, we always want to try it, but my dog is so picky, they don't need anything, I don't want to order a box and then spend all this money on a box and the dog doesn't like it. Twofold, well, okay, that makes sense. And we were like, well, we have sample right here, just try it, you know, and you put it down and the dog devours it and they immediately <laughs> like want to sign up on the spot, which is incredible. <laughs> and that's like an aspect of retail, we'll never be able to uh, you know, replicate that through a D2C experience. So that's really important. Um, 
but I think, you know, that, that that's something that I, I'm curious to see, you know, once the pandemic is over, like how, how retail kind of bounces back. Um, we're hopeful that the people we have been able to sign up now will realize the convenience and stay on. But yeah, we'll, we'll be monitoring that for sure. And are those some of the, you know, you said uh, Smorgasburg, which I love, I, I miss uh, that here in uh, New York and Brooklyn, but are there other face-to-face -face events that you would go to as far as a company? I don't know if it's not necessarily to meet consumers, but on the business side, you know, did you go to trade shows? Farmers? Yeah. So we've, yeah. Yeah, so we've had uh, booths at um, the Meet the Breeds event, which is big in um, at the Javits Center. We went, that was like right before the, that, that was like our last event. <laughs> it's funny to think that. I was like, wow, that, that was it. And then we shut it down. Um, we went to the Meet the Breeds and Javis Center. We were also the Javis Center for um, the New York Vets Association. So obviously we are talking to vets as well and want to ah. educate them on our product. Um, so there's a lot of face-to-face -face there. And then, you know, obviously before the pandemic, we were talking about since we have people on the ground in Nashville uh, doing some events there. Um, just really trying to get into the community. Again, like I said, a lot of like word of mouth is so big for us and we can talk to some people, they tell some friends, they swear by the food, that's always really beneficial for us. So it's a bit of old school marketing there, but you know, you can't, you can't fully, not yet, fully replace kind of face-to-face -face interaction. We, we do find that's important. Yeah, same here at Starista. We are, you know, big on going to trade shows and just meeting our, you know, prospects or customers in person. That's why I yeah. love being in New York City where there's so many of my clients right around, right around, literally like next door. And, uh, you know, we definitely miss that. But uh, soon, hopefully soon. But so Arnold, you know, I talked about it before, you know, it just you're young right out of, you know, not right out of college, but you're not far removed from being out of college. I, I, could you tell I'm jealous of how young you are? And, uh, but it's, you know, look, look at the companies that you've been at. Uh, you know, do you have advice for some college students? Because college students are, you know, who are just finishing marketing or trying to get a job out there. They're trying to get any job, but, you know, to land some of the brands that you've been at, you know, just any advice based on that experience? Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've said it before. I think I got really fortunate to go into the media buying side and agency. I've always found um, right out of school, working at an agency was incredibly helpful, just getting this knowledge base, um, working on multiple products. Um, at an agency, you probably work on multiple brands. I haven't just worked on one, but it really kind of gets your footing. Even though I studied marketing in school, it's completely different when you're doing it in real life. So um, learning all about digital, I was like, wow, okay, I want to really stay involved digital. This is obviously the future. Um, and then from there, having a couple of years under my belt, um, really getting a lay of the land of what, you know, client side, agency side, everything in between sales and um, understanding that. So I would say, you know, you may want to, your dream may be to work at, you know, a Facebook or Google right off the bat, but, you know, you should absolutely strive for that. But if you fall back onto an agency job or a small basic, honestly, at smaller places, you'll learn more. You'll be more hands-on with different products, different things. And um, that's my opinion. And I would, I always say that's a, it's not a bad thing if you don't get your dream job right out of school, because I don't think you know what your dream job is quite yet until you're in, in the working world. So um, from there also, you know, when I was HBO and Goldman now Farmer's Dog, I think it's, like I said before, it's important to match like your passions with your, your with your career. I think um, you'll succeed 
uh, quicker and you'll be better at your job if you have that kind of passion aligned. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, I'm very fortunate to be able to have that and it's not everyone can get the right way, but I, I if you can, I, I always, that's my piece of advice. Have you been like the rest of us and binged on some TV during the pandemic? I have, yeah. I, I definitely have. I uh, am very happy though sports is back, I will say. My wife is not so happy that sports are back. <laughs> I am. And yeah, you know, ran through a bunch of shows, but now I'm, I'm glad to have live TV, um, even if there aren't crowds. And, and that is always interesting to see an empty football stadium or whatnot. But um, yeah, definitely got my TV time in for sure. And I think we will get some more as we get into the colder, colder weather. <laughs> Yeah, I too. I'm excited that sports is back. Let's see if let's see if this is an additional thing that I like you for, Arnold. So, what's the sport you you watching football? Yep. So, and what's I'm your a, team? I'm a big, big Jets fan. Ah, <laughs> we almost had it. You know, we almost had it. I am a big Giants fan. You know, as long as I lived in New York, which has been 42 years now, I have never heard anyone say I am a big, big Jets fan. Yeah. I heard people say like, I'm a Jets fan. But yeah. never, I'm a big, big Jets fan. That we had to ask me a direct question. I was like, I watch football. I'm a football fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, oh, we I'm almost not, had it, AJ. We I'm not readily giving that information away, but no, I am. A, I am unfortunately a diehard Jets fan. Um, I love the team. I, you know, you wow. can't change it, right? You know, but, uh, even the closest of Jet fans that I know have, have never said that. So good. You <laughs> see that positivity is there. I, I love it. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, let's switch gears to, uh, <laughs> uh, because I can talk about football all day, yeah. but Arnold, what specifically do you think, you know, as far as a marketing strategy has worked well for the farmer's dog? What, what, what is, if you had to put your finger yeah. on one thing, I'm sure it's not one, but what would you say has been the strongest for you? I would say, uh, willing, this is, you know, it sounds easy, but I think it actually is a lot harder for teams to kind of grasp is a willingness to test new channels. Um, like any startup, uh, the company was founded, you know, not long ago, six years ago now. Um, and then he started like Facebook and Instagram and that was working really well. Um, but only recently we got into television, which is a, not a small commitment to make from a media side, side and, you know, production side too. There's a good amount of creative uh, production money that has gone into it. But we've always been um, a great dynamic between the growth and brand team. We've wanted to test new channels from both sides and the willingness to do it and seeing what works. And fortunately, a lot of things have stuck and has become part of our core marketing media mix. And without that kind of leap of faith, um, we wouldn't have that. And yeah, some tests don't go well. And that's just kind of part of the learning process. But I find that's really uh, important. And I've, I've experienced that at, at Goldman a lot of that kind of testing as well. I'm glad carried over. Um, I think that's really important. It takes a, a little bit of a leap, but it's worth it. Yeah. And, and creative Arnold, testing too, right? Not just m m channels, but also creative testing. Yeah. And, and really quick for the listeners out there, when you're, when you're talking about television, because there's a variety of different ways now you can advertise by using, you know, TV. Is it, you know, traditional commercials? Uh, is it OTT? Is it CTV? Just yeah. talk to the audience about that. Yeah, so we do a mix of the like local channels, right? You can do local buys. Um, so you just want to buy, say, in like the Seattle or New York market, you can buy those kind of uh, local news. We also do national. So that's, you know, you're going to buy your uh, Ellen DeGeneres, for instance, and you're going to run on that. Um, but then, yeah, as you mentioned, there's OTT over the top. 
Um, so that is outside. So if you're streaming your TV on Hulu, I do that here. Um, you're going to be able to buy that where you can typically get a little more targeted ads. Um, so we've been exploring that as well. So we, we've run the gamut on, on TV, trying all those and seeing what sticks, seeing what works. Um, day partying, right? So you also have your like daytime shows, um, you know, your talk shows, or you can have your late night shows as well in terms of like com uh, the, the late night hosts and stuff like that. Um, it's just like seeing all those and having a good TV partner to track um, success and seeing what works and then constantly testing too, you know, not just sticking to your one sliver and, and beating the hell out of that. It's also kind of going and, and widening as you introduce new creative and new strategies. Um, but in terms of kind of the price points, how does it compare to other brands that are sold directly in stores? Sure. Yeah. So if you do a comparison against, um, you know, what we say here, like uh, versus the kibble you may get in the bodega corner store, we're going to be higher, right? Than your um, maybe a premier or IMs. But honestly, as you get to the more specialized kibble food, dry food, um, so your Hill Science Diet or Premier Pro, Pro Plans and those kind of more specialized, we're, we're right up there um, uh, around the same price point. It obviously varies on the size of your dog and all that stuff. But yeah, we do typically come in a higher than kibble, but it depends on what kind of kibble. Um, and that is just because, um, you know, it's the quality of the ingredients going into the food. Um, and I can go on about that. But yeah, the, you're getting a higher quality product. It's going to come with a higher price. And Arnold, in the next six months, is there something that your customers have been asking for in addition to your your core services? Is it something that the farmer's dog is rolling out in the next six months? Yeah. You know, customers are always asking for cat food. That's like the number one comment we get. <laughs> uh, like, do you guys have cat food? Um, that is not coming uh, in the next six months, but um, we are uh, expanding our recipes. So we recently just launched a chicken recipe. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had pork, beef, and turkey. Um, we have heard from people that they want a variety, whether it's because their dog is allergic to one of the proteins um, or they just want chicken. It's a very popular um, protein in dog food. So we are listening and, and we have just come out with a chicken recipe um, and we are always expanding uh, to include new, new proteins. Um, just takes time. And again, it's kind of like it needs to be specifically balanced. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, checks and balances we go through above and beyond the industry standard to make sure what we're sending out is healthy for all dogs. Um, but yeah, so, so our main focus in the next six months is definitely going to be recipe expansion. Um, people ask all the time, like I said, cat food, they want treats, they want lots of different, they want t-shirts. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we are sticking with the core right now and making sure that's the absolute best for everyone. Um, and that's like in the immediate roadmap. Yeah. And now is, is there like a veg, is it all protein? Is it a vegetarian option? I feel like there would be dogs in New York city that are vegetarians. <laughs> we definitely get asked like, what are your, what are your vegan options? Um, it's, 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 it's a protein and vegetable mix. So it's like a, the chicken recipe, for instance, has um, Brussels sprouts in it, bok choy, broccoli. Um, we have lentils in some of our recipes. We have chickpeas and stuff like that. So it's a mix, but it is mostly protein, which is just the way it should be for dogs. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that, you know, and for me as well. So that's, uh, <laughs> there's no, no vegan options here, AJ, or vegetarian. Uh, I was wondering if they had anything human grade for people without dogs to taste. Yeah, yeah. just to try it. I'm sure it's delicious, you know.
And Arnold, are you guys using an agency to make your videos? Are you doing it in-house? Yeah, so we, we um, for our videos, we use a production agency. Um, so not like a full-blown marketing agency. So we gotcha. have a production agency that we work closely with. Um, we have a couple freelancers that help us a lot with the video editing. Um, and yeah, so it's, and we have um, our in-house creative team. We have a couple really talented designers, copywriter that we lean on heavily for a lot of our creative um, assets as well. And so, oh, sorry, go ahead, AJ. So one of the questions we love to ask our guests is about their LinkedIn uh, preferences. So if you've listened to the podcast, what we love to ask is, you know, what kind of marketing messages are you getting that you like, that you actually respond to, and what are some of the ones that uh, really stand out to you as bad examples <laughs> of marketing? Yeah, so LinkedIn messages and kind of like cold emails get a lot of those um and it's hard to stand out i i do like i do try to read them um but a lot come in um i would say the ones that stand out are people that have shown that they've done their research on the product um simple again to say but you get a lot of like hey we love your raw food and you're like well it's not raw and that's pretty easy to see if you just went to our site like there's just stuff there that you know you know you're just part of an email list and it's going out um i think the more specific you can be uh, to sing uh, and, and specific to my role as well. Um, I get a lot of stuff on like, Hey, we're going to, this really helps with the conversion aspect. I'm like that. I'm not on the conversion team. I'm not on the growth team. I'm on the brand marketing team. And there's a difference there. Um, there's things like what will catch my eye. And a lot of it's probably luck, but if we're planning a big out of home, you know, we get an, an email from our LinkedIn from, Hey, we have this great out of home placement never before used or this. And here's an example of what it could look like with another brand and some case studies and some figures of uplift. And, um, you know, that'll catch my eye. Um, obviously if you have, and you know, I don't want to say this is all I look at, but the case study thing is really important. Like, Oh, you know, we ran this, you know, it had X amount of uplift in site visits or however they're tracking success with this brand, which is also a D2C brand, then it, you know, it helps me kind of piece it together a little quicker and it's relevant to what I'm working on right now. Um, some of the worst stuff I've seen is definitely, you know, the wrong name, you know, the brand wrong, the product is wrong. Um, a lot of, yeah, it's like that where you just like, okay, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you're your sending a bunch of these out, but you got to do a little bit of legwork. And I expect, a, you know, like I'm reading these and, you know, you should, you should put a little more effort in. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I feel, I feel for them. I do try to read them all and um, I just get overwhelmed sometimes. So Ar Arnold, don't be surprised if you get a very custom message from a salesperson at Storista <laughs> about a OTT. So... <laughs> that's that's going to catch my eye though you know <laughs> well that means they, uh, that means they did their research and, yeah, they, exactly. and they listened they to the podcast you know they got name right they got the brand name right that's <laughs> half the battle <laughs> exactly you know that's you know it's aj did you see that message i sent you yesterday that someone reached out to me with and this uh it was it was a salesperson reaching out and they said like go gophers and it's like hey it's so nice to meet a fellow gopher. And I'm like, what gopher? That's not the mascot of the, the college I went to. I went to SUNY Oswego. I don't even think we had a mascot. And they were like, oh, in full disclosure, 
I'm not a gopher, I'm a, an alligator. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Get something right. I was like, where did you do your research? Now, if they said like, hey, I saw you went to Oswego, you're a Laker. I think that's the name of our uh, team whatever yeah. and that would have been something but yeah do your research do your research and don't be too um forceful like you you also get the ones where like um let's talk tomorrow or like let's talk this afternoon 4 p.m i'll right, send you an right. invite and you're like yeah. okay hold on I, <laughs> yeah yeah like i will reach out if i want to chat like i don't need so, eight time slots exactly when and you're suggesting me to talk immediately it's a so weird. recently i've gotten a couple of them uh similar to that but they've actually been bold enough to just go ahead and send it as an invite yeah yeah <laughs> just oh wow the, just a google yeah. invite um I, I feel and i you know one of my best friends is in sales and and he's great at what he does and i just am like it's hard because there's genuinely i think everyone has a product that that could could help it's just how do you stand out, right? Like you said, right. like it's so it's so difficult. Yeah, we, we noticed that too. And that's a question, like I said, we ask all of our guests. And we get some, you know, we get some unique ones where people are kind of saying, again, you know, to get do, do the research. People, you know, well, some people say flattery. Flattery helps. If you tell me something about, that would, that would do it for me. That, that would get me, uh, you know, to, to respond to an email, but I also, I don't have time to do it all the time, but I will go back to a person and say, Hey, you know, it's not a fit. And I know that you appreciate yeah. that and that sort of thing. And I'm never a fan of the you know, seven touches, eight touches sort of thing where that now I, I think, you know, if Arnold's interested, he'll let us know. And, yeah. and I think that's, there's a few things that's kind yeah. of my mentality. There. Yeah. Like the, the eighth message, you're like, okay, we're going to clearly, I've, I've pissed you off and you're not responding. I'm like, that, no, it's just, you know, I, I just don't be... like you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, that's, that's exactly right, Bill. Like we don't care. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't like you. Yeah. I don't like anything about you. I don't like your family. Like this is, <laughs> this is the way it is. AJ gets like, you get a lot cause you're a CEO, AJ, you, you know, people reach yeah, out to you, uh, but yeah, you know, you respond I I sometimes. Like... I do respond, but it's not often. And now uh, I've got about 250 uh, pending uh, requests. Most of them are like no's, but I'm sure there's some good ones there, but I just don't have time to go through and say yes or no. Yeah. yeah. See what happens when you become the host of the marketing stare. Look at the popularity now. This is, <laughs> this is great. You know? <laughs> so Arnold, you know, it, are there areas of marketing that, you feel in the future you would like to be part of is there as far as a role or hey i've always been fascinated with this aspect of marketing that you know the future may hold for you yeah absolutely i mean it's always evolving it's always changing that's why i love marketing itself right there's always a new channel now more than ever like i'm trying to figure out tiktok right now and that's <laughs> wild um but an in, in, in area of interest of mine that i'm getting really um i'm kind of working on now is is getting a little smarter with marketing research and um, quant and qual and um, just really how do we uh, get insights and how do we have a pulse on not only our brand but the industry and understanding like what is going to get people to change their mind when it comes to kibble and dog food um, and using quant research. So yeah, that, I think that'll always be incredibly useful and can be applied to all 
who knows what channel is going to be hot next, but um, I think it's really important to just have that pulse on the industry and, and your brand health. What is the perception? I think you can get very easily caught up on the brand side, on the client side of, um, you know, what you think the brand stands for because you're putting out that messaging. But it's like, is that how it's actually being perceived in the market when you put a TV ad out there? Yeah. And social listening is a big part of that. But, you know, you're kind of within your own walls. You're just constantly telling yourself you're doing a great job and this is the messaging and this is what everyone believes, but it's, it's good to step outside and have some um, unbiased research and, and be like, oh, actually people are confused and delivery is not coming through as close as we thought, and, but it's still what people yeah. want. So how do we play that up? And you won't know that unless you're doing research. Yeah. Um, so I just find that it's like really, really important, especially as we go towards these more mass media channels, such as at home and television. And Arnold, what's the uh, strategy for uh, retention and what does that look like uh, for Farmer's Dog right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously retention is, is huge. Um, you know, that's more on the growth marketing team. We obviously work with them. I think there's, we're really looking into how can we improve our site experience? So like our customer uh, dashboard, so to say, so you can log in and see shipments, you can delay shipments. We've had, um, obviously, with the horrendous wildfires out on the West Coast, you know, how can people log in and more easily pause a shipment or rush a shipment, update their address, and all that kind of stuff goes a long way in retention too. And um, with COVID as well, you know, there's been a lot of delays with the shipping and the and shipping's been overwhelmed as more people. So how do we kind of stay on top of that and make it easier for people to um, adjust their uh, subscription? And that goes a long way in retention and people feeling that they have um, access and also, and I, I, we kind of say it's the heartbeat of our company is our, our CX team, our customer experience team, and making sure if someone calls us, someone picks up, or if they email us or DM us, someone's getting back to them. It's as, as you said, it's, it's their uh, pet's food. It's so important, so personal um, that we want to make sure that they feel like we're taking care of them, which, you know, we, we care, we really do care. And I think that's also a big difference between us and some of the bigger brands, um, you know, not as personable, not as, uh, contactable and that that makes us stand out and that goes a long way in retention and you touched upon it a little bit before arnold as far as saying you know that people leaving college students really maybe the dream job that you don't know of yet isn't there but get some experience in your career thus far, if you can go back and give yourself one piece of advice, you know, graduating from NYU, you're saying, what would that be? Hmm, one piece of advice for my younger self. Um, I would say it would be to probably slow down a little. <laughs> hmm. I was like really like pushing for what's next, what's next, what's next and not realizing that what's next could be within that same company you're at and that there's room to grow. And like, I, I, you know, that is, like I said before, like jumping around was not something that I obviously, I has helped me get to where I am, but it's not something I'm super proud of. I don't want to be known as the person that's like not loyal and jumps from company to company just to get ahead. So I think there's a lot of like, um, especially at Essence, my first job um, where I was doing the digital media buying, I, I think I should have stayed there longer, honestly. Um, I think about that of, um, touching a little more of like the ad op side, touching more on like account management and stuff. I would, I would tell myself to, to soak it in. And, and until you, until you stop learning at a role or at a company, I think you should kind of experience that. And then if, once you stop learning is maybe the time to switch it up a little bit. 
but I don't think I ever stopped learning at many of the jobs I was at. Um, and I was kind of quick to pull the trigger and leave. Um, so I don't think my younger self would have believed me or taken that advice, but that's what I would, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good advice. And I think I've always been someone who's, I like to really build something at a company. I've never been a bounce around kind of guy. I mean, AJ, you've, you've been a CEO of this company for 10 years and, you know, grown it to where it is now. So awesome. yeah, but I, I think so, but I, I do feel that you're right. I feel like a lot of people uh, coming out of, you know, college will kind of do that. And it's okay. You, you've gained experience from it, but you're right. I think a lot of times you may look at that and, uh, well, this isn't your case, but sometimes you see like, well, like six months at a company, seven months at a company. Right. Hey, what's going on there? That it does sort of raise thing. some eyebrows as we go through the hiring of someone who's, you know, been a couple months here, a couple months there. And it, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, you're trying to hire a position for someone who's going to stay and grow and help the company you look at that track record and it doesn't mean everything you also have to ask a little more every situation is different but you know there's a if it's a trend it can be concerning and that's always kind of been my like concern and i've i've done two years actually like every company almost two oh. years yeah. um, but even then i was like there was I, I think i could have stayed and learned from a couple of those places longer but nice. teach their own too you know that's just my advice i would give myself yeah, no, it's good. And we have a few minutes left. What do you say, Jay? We get to a little of the personal side here, you know, learn, learn a, little bit, a little bit more about Arnold besides him being a Jets fan. I don't know how <laughs> that happened. But uh, so tell us about, you know, what do you like doing for fun, Arnold? What's a typical weekend for you? What do you like doing uh, with the family there? Yeah, yeah. Um, big into cooking. Um, I think that's been really handy during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we have a little grill over here in Manhattan, Georgia. So I got into like smoking meat. Nice. For, on my birthday, I smoked uh, pork butt for 14 hours and my wife said I was crazy. And I, Delicious. what else did I can do during, during the pandemic? Um, but yeah, I think the food aspect, we also is probably why I also love working at the farmer's dog, but like the food um, and I just got my first set of golf clubs. I'm now realizing as I'm getting older, I can't play the same sports. I'm injuring <laughs> myself and golf seems like the right speed for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, obviously uh, I'm really happy the dog park is back open, the dog runs. I love yeah. taking dogs there. And um, yeah, I guess that's a, a lot of what I do. I'm trying to think what I, what I did before the pandemic, but <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, was there uh, time before the pandemic? What is time now anyway? So just but, but smoking meats. That's a good one. Hey, hey Jay, I, let's get, let me ask you, do you ever get into barbecue and do you cook? Are you, uh, I never know. I know you for 10 years. I don't know if you cook. I, I do cook. I do like cooking. Uh, it's somewhat uh, limited what I can cook. I can barbecue. I can uh, cook a good curry. Yeah. Um, I can make rice, so that doesn't really require much. Uh, but rice yeah, no, I, I actually hard. Yeah. Rice, a lot of people mess up rice if you yeah. don't have a rice cooker. So I, I, I do like stuff. cooking. Uh, my wife got me an Instapot uh, for my birthday, and I've tried quite a few things in that. Uh, easy to easy to just put it on, and it cooks uh, while we're doing a podcast. Nice. Yeah, I'm big into the crock pot. I love that. I fire that up. It's too long, man. No, come on. <laughs> Slow and low. That's it. I can't. I don't have a smoker. I don't have a backyard like uh, Arnold did in Atlanta, and you have AJ. But so I have to put. That's like that's my version of like uh, smoking meat. Put it yeah. in there. You can put 
you could put a, a hand in there and it'll be delicious. Yeah, I, I think my, uh, my grill is bigger than New York kitchens. So. Yeah, exactly. Your grill, <laughs> yeah. your grill is bigger than my apartment, you know. It's a, that's, where I, that's where I sleep when I visit AJ in San Antonio in this grill. <laughs> but no, this is hey, this was a fun one. This is great. I learned, you know, a lot about, you know, the farmer's dog and, and your background, Arnold. And uh, like I said, I love 99% of it because of that, uh, the Jets, it's the only thing there. But th this has been awesome. We really appreciate, you know, you sharing your story with us. Keep up the, uh, the awesome work. Uh, you know, look forward to seeing where, you know, your career keeps trending. And uh, we appreciate having you on the Marketing Stir. Thank you so much, Vince. Thank you, AJ. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks, Arnold. Now, this has been another episode of the Marketing Stir. That's Arnold Glick, Integrated Marketing Manager for the Farmer's Dog. That's AJ Gupta, the CEO of Starista. I'm Vincent Petrofessa, the VP of B2B Products here. This has been another episode of the Marketing Stir. Thanks, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.